everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Wednesday. It's June 23rd. It's 2021, and we have seven baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my buddy, Blenderhead, Jordan Cooper. What's happening, my friend? Congratulations on a thousand episodes. With with this being the thousand and first episode, and I'm on it, you know, it's just downhill from here. Yeah, I, you know... I scheduled you for this podcast because uh, I figured you'd have something witty to say like that, and I, th- I felt like it'd be perfect. Well, you had Grant on, you had Will on. The only thing that you didn't have was Drunk Siege. That would have made it better. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, oh, you don't know? Oh, was that was that episode deleted? <laughs> that well, I don't know what episode you're talking about. Um, oh, I, I, there wasn't a podcast that day. What are you talking about? Oh, um, there wasn't. oh okay. I, I I guess I'm mistaken. Uh, thank you uh fun day a lot of um premium members you know awarded and uh, a lot of fun a lot of great messages i had a few people reach out to me and like tell me how like the morning grind has changed their life and i was like oh it's awesome so um hey yeah it was a fun day it was a fun day like yeah we move on though because that's what we do now the goal is 10 years like I'm, I'm past five now the goal is 10 years i don't care about how many episodes anymore now the goal is 10 years so um, but now we're, we're got a seven game baseball slate. It is, um, it's something. I don't, I don't know if I have more than that, but it's something. So we're going to break it down talk about it. Um, there's like a six game early slate as well. I know you do the, um, you know, pregame show in the mornings, um, 11 o'clock Eastern, right? Yeah. I'm not sure if we're going to talk about it because that early slate, I mean, like what there's like, Three games that are at like 340, 407, yeah. you're not we're not gonna have the starting lineups for those. So it's like uh, I don't know. Like I guess maybe if, if I always answer questions in the YouTube chat. A lot of times the pregame show could be, you know, we review, we look forward, I answer questions. So as long as you're in the YouTube chat, if you want to talk about anything, we talk about MMA, soccer, you know, anything NBA, anything going on. So it's really guided by the viewers. So if you tune in. 11 in the morning Eastern on YouTube free on Roto grinders. Uh, if you, if you want to talk about the early slate, then we, we always can. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. You're going to get asked questions about this slate. Um, <laughs> like, it's going to happen. It's going, it's going to happen. So um, let's get into the seven game slate for Wednesday night. We get started at uh, Baltimore, Houston, Baltimore, 10 and a half total here. Uh, Houston's a, a 200 favorite Jose Urquidy against Thomas Eshman. Um, any interest here in Urquidy? I don't mind it. This, this slate for pitching is pretty weak. Uh, do I want to pay 8,100 for him? Probably not, but I'm not necessarily scared of the Orioles. Urquidy uh, is, is kind of a Jekyll and Hyde type of pitcher. Uh, either he's he's pretty good, not the highest of strikeouts, or uh, hell, he could give up two or three home runs in a game. So uh, going going into tomorrow, my thoughts are uh, I'd, I'll play Urquity more, or Kite, however you pronounce his name, uh, more likely the less owned that he is. And then the more owned that he is, the more I'd be thinking about playing the Orioles back. Fair enough. Um, I definitely think he's in play here at 8,100. You know, we're, we're kind of looking at the slate overall and we're like, all right, well, 
when we're looking at pitchers on this slate, it's not like, I mean, to me, there isn't like a standout guy. Maybe Robbie Ray against the Marlins. Maybe. Um, but there's not like a standout guy. I think in this price range, um, Kepperlin's going to be pretty popular going up against Texas. Um, we'll have to kind of see what pans out ownership wise. But I mean, I don't have an issue taking some shots on your Kite here. And then Eshman, uh, Eshelman on the other side. I mean, this is a guy that only threw 57 pitches um, last time out. Any interest in him here at 5,100 going up against Houston? Yeah, going up against the team with the 5.9 implied run total. I don't think so. Yeah, low strikeout team. Yeah, Houston bats, um, they set up to be like the top stack on the slate, but they're they're going to be pretty popular here. The only thing that might keep the ownership down a little bit is price, but I mean, there's still a couple of these bats that are still cheap that you can make this stack work. Right. You have Toro in there at third base because Bregman's out. He's 2,400 on DraftKings. Kyle Tucker may be back, and he's 3,900. So if he's back, even if he bats like at the bottom of the order uh, with like seventh or something at 3,900, you can make the stack work. But I mean, like Brantley's 4,100. He's reasonable. Uh, Altuve's at second base, which is a, a weaker position. If Correa is back in the lineup, weaker position at shortstop at 5K. So, uh, I mean, maybe Guriel is a little bit overpriced at 4,800. And you got Alvarez at 5,000. I mean, I, I, but they have the highest implied total on the entire slate. Uh, they're they're going to be the chalk. And uh, just a matter of like, uh, if you're going to play them, I'm more likely to try to get weird. You know, play a, mi- a mile straw. I mean, I think the chalk stack combination will be something like Altuve, Correa, uh, Tucker, Maldonado, Toro, or something like that. Something like that, or maybe Alvarez in there, or something. Right, to keep it cheap enough so you could pay up for a nine K plus pitcher. But uh, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. It just how much you play of them really is dictated by ownership. Uh, Baltimore side, anything standing out to you for the Baltimore bats here? Well, if Santander's back in the lineup, he's 3,100. I'm not scared of Urquidy. If Galvis is batting second at 3,000, like, like that's why I look at the Orioles and go, like, the more that Urquidy is is owned, uh, I, I could play I could play the Orioles. I mean, Mullins, 4,600. Uh, uh, I don't know. Mountcastle, 4,100. DJ Stewart, lefty, is 2,500. Franco, 3,300. I mean, it's affordable. If I want to pay up at pitching... I don't mind using the Orioles as kind of kind of a vomit like type of stack, especially if we're going to get like on DraftKings where you have to play two pitchers. Like on FanDuel, maybe Urquity won't be much owned, but we have to play two pitchers, and it's going to be tough uh, to play two pitchers. Uh, if if he's twenty plus percent owned, the, the the interest in the Orioles stack goes up. Yeah, I mean. He's kind of a reverse splits pitcher. So like Mancini, Mount Castle, Hayes, um, all make a lot of sense here. The power righties, um, you know, obviously Mancini is just so expensive, but I feel like if you're going to play the leverage game, then you're not really worried about price. Um, you're just going to play what you feel kind of works as far as that leverage stack. So I think it's more of like a secondary or targeting like a two man. Um, but yeah, I think Baltimore's in play. We'll have to kind of see what the ownership looks like. Moving on, we got Kansas City going into New York. The Yankees, uh, nine and a half total here. Yankees, a 163 favorite. Danny Duffy, Michael King, um, any interest here in Danny Duffy? Uh, 
against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium? Probably, probably, probably not. Yeah, he hasn't pitched in over a month, and they they have come out and said that like he's going to have a pitch count, but they're not going to tell us what it is. So, I think at eighty five hundred against the Yankees, we're we're going to pass here. Um, maybe we get the pitch count by a beat reporter or something, but I mean, if he's going to be on a pitch count eighty five hundred, I don't see how we can use him, Blender. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if there's a pit, I mean, you at eighty five hundred, you want you want a hundred pitches and. Oh, yeah. No pitch count is going to, if he's pitching a hundred pitches, that means they has no pitch count. Right. And Mike King on the other side, I mean, how long is he going to pitch? I mean, that's going to be pretty much be a, a Yankees bullpen game also. Right. Yeah. I mean, he could probably, I think he maxes out like 70 pitches, like max five innings type of thing. Right. So he's, he's, he's unplayable at 7,100 to me, to me, this game is more, is more appealing for the bats. And I prefer the Royal side over the, the Yankees because the Yankees are expensive. They're not expensive on FanDuel. FanDuel, they'll, they'll be chalky. Uh, but uh, the Royals, uh, you know, I, I could fit I could fit some I could fit some people in with a 2K Ryan O'Hearn batting cleanup. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, like, if he does get to that, like, five-inning mark and doesn't get rocked, the back end of the bullpen is so good. So, I mean, sure, I don't mind taking them cheap bats, but I don't see myself using, like, Whit Merrifield or Salvador Perez over 5K, um, knowing that, like, they're, they're losing in that bat in the bottom tar- bottom part of this lineup. Well, I mean, you could, do, you could do a mini. You could do a mini bottom of the order. You could do Solaire, 3,600. O'Hearn, 2,000. 4,5. Dozier, 2,800. Michael Taylor, 2,000. And you feel you catch your position with Sal Perez because who cares? You pay fifty one hundred, and you'll get a scarce position. I mean that stack is pretty cheap, and you could still get like two nine nine k ten k pitchers. Uh, I mean, are they going to be owned? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm assuming one of these guys. I think O'Hearn may end up becoming kind of a. I mean, well, we'll we'll, we'll get to the other value play. I mean, I we already know who the highest owned player on this slate is going to be, especially after. Uh, his game today and DraftKings just not realizing that uh, that he was called up, I guess, or, or he exists as the top prospect in the major leagues. He hits, man. He hits and um, he didn't disappoint. But I, but I, but I'm, I'm saying that only because I don't, I, I think when you use Wander Franco in your short sub spot at 2K, I'm not sure if you're going to need a Ryan O'Hearn for 2K also in your first base spot. Right on. Um, Finally, the Cubs are hitting the ball. There we go. Um, the Yankee side of things, I think the Yankee stack is is kind of juicy here. Like, I think Houston's going to be the team that a lot of people are going to stack when they're paying up. And, I mean, I don't expect Duffy to go more than, like, 70, 80 pitches in this spot. So, I think the Yankees stack, they're expensive. But they don't have a shortstop either. So, it kind of, um, I mean, I guess you could play Torres. But, Wander Franco at 2K with some Yankees. Here we come. You could do it. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, just that Judge and Stanton are expensive. Void is is cheaper now, 4K, right? Yep. They're unf- like I said before, FanDuel, it's like night and day. Fan like Judge is 3600, Stanton's 3400, then all the other guys, Sanchez is 29, Torres is like 26. Uh I I mean, you you could f- you could fit the Yankee stack easily on FanDuel. The problem with the on DraftKings is that now, if you're going to play Judge and Stanton in your stack, essentially you're essentially you're not playing the Astros, but 
That that may be the move to good. That may that may be what you that may be the contrarian way to go. All right, moving on. We got Toronto at Miami. Robbie Ray against uh, Trevor Rogers in this one. There wasn't a total out for this one. Oh, I don't it think came there's out. a total out because I think there's. Uh, I don't think Robbie Ray is confirmed as the starter because I mean we have Stephen Matz. Maybe he starts, but I mean I think that may be the reason why there's no line out. I mean FanDuel and DraftKings have Robbie Ray as the listed starter, but it's, yeah. I, I don't think it's official. There's a couple books that have it at seven and a half. Toronto's a slight favorite, so that's probably more of they think Robbie Ray is going to pitch. Um, if it is Robbie Ray, do you have any interest here in Robbie Ray? And ninety two hundred against the Marlins, why not? Right. This is this is this is classic Robbie Ray spot, right? This is the classic. I, I always got the cheese. I owe that, that one thing from the morning grind and from Roto Grinders content that I remember from when I started playing MLB. MLB DFS is that Robbie Ray when he's chalk like paid <laughs> right but Robbie Ray has looked I mean he is he's been great this season right but... he's been great and I'm not scared of this Miami lineup they're playing in Miami uh I think Robbie Ray is gonna if I'm assuming he's the starter at 9200 on DraftKings I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be the chalkiest pitcher on the slate yeah um I'm pulling up baseball seven really quick and just kind of looking to see like if his spin rate was down a little bit in that last start, how are you, you're more of a game theory person. How have you approached like this whole sticky, you know, sticky stuff situation? Like I've looked anytime I've been like interested in a pitcher, I've looked at their like recent starts because they started to crack down on this a couple weeks ago, but now they're like checking these pitchers and stuff. Like they're stopping how have you and approached- frisking them. You see them coming off the field. Did you see Scherzer? Like- he looked like he was going <laughs> to walk across I'm, the field. It and- looks like they should put metal detectors or oh, something. It's just like he- it's like TSA every time the pitcher leaves the mound. Yeah, he was uh, Max Scherzer. Like he, <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was a little scary. But I mean, how are you kind of approaching it? I, pr- I approach it the same way. Anything with small sample sizes I that can't necessarily be reflected well in projections, I I view it this, that the same way I do with anything in game theory. Do whatever the field is overcompensating for. So, for instance, if people are like, oh, I can't play, I can't play when Shane Bieber comes back, right? And pe- if people are like, well, uh, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm afraid to play him because of the sticky stuff, but whatever the hell, maybe, maybe the spin rates down or whatever. And he's 8%. I'm like, well, now I'm going to play him. But if like the field is like, nope, we're going to treat him like Shane Bieber at 11 K like he normally is. And he's going to be 34%. Then I go the other way. And then I say, well, who knows? It's just maybe, maybe, maybe it really w- is going to affect him. So to me, the field dictates how I treat those small sample sizes rather than what I would, I mean, cause you really can't, you can't project you, Yeah, Even all oh, the spin rates down, they can still throw nine strikeouts. They, I mean, like it's, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's, it's noise until there's enough of a sample size, but the more people point out like, Oh, cold spin rate is down. It's like, it makes me want to play more as the ownership goes down because maybe people are overreacting. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Right. We'll find out a month or two now when things normalize and you'd be like, Oh yeah, maybe, maybe we should be, you know, the docking these pitch, some of these pitchers, you know, eight or 10%. And, and then the, the, and then the ownership becomes efficient. And then, then you wait from there. 
Yeah, it do- honestly, it doesn't look like much has changed for him. So I'm not, I'm not concerned. But I mean, if he's going to be chalk, I'm out. If he's not going to be chalk, I mean, he put up 28 against this team not too long ago and nine strikeouts. You know, pitched really well against them. This game's in Miami. He like he sets up as one of the better pitchers on the slate, and I completely like get the ownership. But I mean. I'm going to let the ownership kind of dictate what I want to do with him today. I think he's a great play, but I hate playing Chalky Robert Ray. And I've said this for years. Um, So uh, the other side, I mean, Trevor Rogers has been fantastic this season. Like he's, he's definitely one of those young guys that, you know, definitely has some stuff, but he's 9,800 going up against a lineup that the top six guys, these righties are, they're legit, like big time hitters. Do you have any interest here in Rogers at all? Uh, if he's going to be lower owned, sure. I mean, I may take a shot. I'm not even sure how long the Blue Jays are going to be because they're expensive playing in Miami. Uh, the only concern I ever, I always have with Rogers is that he, he doesn't, he doesn't really go past 100 pitches. So if the Blue Jays give him any bit of trouble, like I don't know, I don't know about that, like. He's, he's someone that I would probably not play on FanDuel, being concerned. Because I, on FanDuel, I need to play pitchers that'll pitch six innings. Because you want that quality start, you know, four points for that. Uh, and that's my only concern with Rodgers. That, that even if he does decently, if he does well against the Blue Jays, I think the Blue Jays give him enough of a hard time. That, yeah, he gives up two runs. He still has eight strikeouts, but he only lasts five innings. Right. And maybe he doesn't even maybe he doesn't even qualify for the win because Ray is on the other side and Rogers only gave up two runs with eight strikeouts. But the Marlins still have zero. So so even the win equity goes down. And at ninety eight hundred, I need I need that. I need that ceiling. I mean, there's plenty of strikeouts in this lineup. So if you want to play him in large field tournaments, like I'm not going to talk you off of it because he is going to be low owned at this price, in my opinion. Um, Bats in this game. Anything here for Toronto that you like? They're expensive. Bichette, six thousand. Vlad, sixty three hundred. Maybe it's maybe it's warranted. Springer's thirty seven hundred. I, I I I think I could play him against the lefty. Like uh, like I have no problem that it's in Miami. So I I think Springer maybe maybe popular on DraftKings. I'm not sure what his price on FanDuel is, but it seems like the the, the pricing people at at FanDuel have like fell asleep this week. So uh, so these guys that come back from the IL or up from the minors. Uh, they don't bump them up that much. So, and I could see myself playing, even if you want to punt the catcher, which I'm not even sure you're going to need to on DraftKings, like in cash games, like Riley Adams sitting there at 2,300 and you could, you could do worse. Yeah. I mean, my, my favorite guy from him is probably Teoscar Hernandez. This guy's crushing left-handed pitching this season. And like you mentioned Springer, all right, well, now I throw in, like, an expensive Vlad, and, like, the stack's not too crazy for, like, a three-man stack as far as pricing goes. So, um, Miami Bats, I mean, if Robbie Ray's going to be chalk, maybe we look at, like, a Duvall, Aguilar, Marte type of, like, it would create massive leverage. This is a perfect opportunity. That I, I, I'm viewing the Marlins the same way I'm viewing the Orioles, depending on Erquity's Ur- uh, ownership. Uh, I have a Jorge Alfaro jersey in my closet, okay? <laughs> because uh, whenever I win a large field GPP, I buy the jersey of the lowest owned player. 
maybe, maybe tomorrow is the day that I have to get another one. Would you get the same color or would you get a different color? I think I, I think I got the away. I got the road jersey because I don't necessarily like the the Marlins home jersey. It's not like I wear these. I mean, I just buy whatever. But uh but no, but I mean, since I typically fill a catcher in my stacks, right? So Alfaro's there. Uh but yeah, if Ray's gonna be like 40% owned or whatever, like I, I you, you, you can't, the things you can't we do me off of a Marlin stack. <laughs> the things we do. And like, if even if it's Steven Matz, it's kind of the same thing. If he's going to be popular, you look at the right-handed power guys. Um, so whoever the pitcher is for Toronto, I, I think you look at the righties against them. I buy NASCAR diecasts and I buy bobbleheads for baseball um, for big wins. So, so what bobbleheads do you have? I, I have a Buster Posey bobblehead. Um, but do you, do you do like I do? Because I I I I get the lowest owned player, and it I'm is sure well. It, it, I, I think I think the one night that Buster Posey he hit like three or two or three home runs one night. I can't remember exactly. It was like 2015 or 2016, and like so I like bought the bobblehead for him. I have a Chris Archer where he like was. I think he was like three percent owned. So like obviously he was low owned. I'm looking up there. I have a Jacob Degrom one. I have a bunch. Acuna, that's probably more recent. Yeah, it's it's very unlikely that I'll ever get a Jacob DeGrom jersey. That Jacob DeGrom. (laughs) I have a Jacob DeGrom. I have a I have a a couple of those. So, um, he's a local man. Like you got to support the local guys. All right, moving on. Speaking of the Mets, we got Atlanta going up against New York. There's no total in this game because it's still kind of iffy who's going to pitch here. Um, for the Mets, it sounds like it's going to be Peterson. It can't, it can't be Peterson. Peterson just pitched. So it's not Peterson. He would be on four days rest. That doesn't make any sense. So we have no idea who's going to pitch here for the Mets. Um, so yeah, I mean, Kyle Wright's pitching for Atlanta. Kyle Wright in New York against uh, the Mets. Any interest in him? I mean, you, you, you want to play maybe for the matchup, but Kyle Wright is horrible. Like just at seventy four hundred, he seems like the type of pitcher that why isn't he six thousand? Like I'll, I'll play him for that. But uh, this Mets lineup's getting a little bit healthier. Conforto's back. I mean, I don't know if he's going to start tomorrow and be in the starting lineup. McNeil is back, so the Mets may not be as much of a pushover as they've been the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I have no idea. I was just kind of looking through the Mets, like bullpen game because i mean Lucchese maybe is but they Johnson just agrees. but they just used a bullpen game because uh what's his name stroman didn't he get like hurt really early yeah in he the got game? hurt right so they just uh man if you get a bullpen game here i bet you they call somebody up and they just throw like a, a double a or triple a arm at the braves here maybe they just throw out the grum for three for three innings at a time every game yeah they, I mean, they only let him go. They only let him go 70 the other day. Maybe he has another 50 in him. Who knows? Maybe he just pitches 40 pitches and he literally starts every game. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, we have no idea. I, I think the Braves bats are obviously in play um, because I don't know if it's going to be like a quality arm at all. I mean, it's not the greatest ballpark in the, you know, the Mets stadium, but I mean, I think the Braves are definitely in play here. Sure. I, I mean, you can make the stack work. I mean, Acuna and Freeman are expensive, but Almonte batting cleanup, which just it sounds like a sentence I should never be saying. Uh, Abraham Almonte is the Braves cleanup hitter. 
Uh, but the bot, the Sw- Swanson, Riley, Contreras, they're all under under 4K. It's doable. But like you said, I'm not a big fan of stacking teams at City Field, regardless of who's pitching. Uh, but I, I don't think I don't think many people will anyway. So, right. you know, com- in comparison to the ownership, maybe it is worth doing. I think they'll be much lower owned than the Astros and the Yankees at, at the same kind of price range. So that's what makes them appealing. And as far as the Mets bats go, I mean, Pete Alonso is good. The rest of this lineup kind of stinks. Jonathan VR is banged up now as well. Um they said, didn't they say that like Conforto is really close? They said he might be back for this game. Yeah, well, he was. I think he was back today. Just he didn't. He wasn't in the starting lineup. He was. Activated. They didn't activate him. Right, but I mean, yeah. I think I think uh, like McNeil lead if he leads off at second base. I think like he's like a cash play. Like if you need like on Fanduel, he's uh, twenty five hundred on DraftKings, he's three thousand. Uh, if you don't play a Altuve at second base, I think you're probably paying down for McNeil. Uh, but I'm, I mean, I don't like, I don't like stacking teams at City Field and like the Mets aren't even that good of a team. So why would I really be stacking them? Uh, you know, depending on, and like with Kyle Wright pitching, you know, I'll take a power lefties, right? Dominic Smith, Conforto, McKinney's 2,700, you know, like, but I don't see myself playing five of these guys in a lineup. So I just I was reading a thing why Conforto wasn't activated is because they had like the COVID stuff happen with Syracuse, their AAA team. So like we might like legitly get like a double A pitcher for the Mets today. <laughs> so he may still be better than most of the pitchers they have. Hey, moving on. <laughs> uh we got Boston at Tampa facing off in this one. Um like yeah. Boston, Tampa. This game has an eight and a half total. Tampa's a one forty two favorite. Garrett Richards, Rich Hill. Um, any interest here in Garrett Richards? Uh, it's a pitcher against the the Rays. I mean, I, I don't. The Rays strike out. It's a good good ballpark for pitchers. The problem is Garrett Richards sucks. But uh, but I mean, he could eat innings. So if I'm going to pay down for any pitcher on this slate, it's going to be it's it's. I know it's weird to say, I think it's going to be him, especially when the bats on the other side of this game may be slightly more popular than they should be as a stack. There'll be one extremely popular guy, but I think that popular guy will make the stack more owned. And then I get a little bit more leverage, but I mean, I don't like any of the cheap pitchers on this slate, but I don't think anyone else likes the cheap pitchers on this slate. So I know I can make a different roster construction. Like who's going to be able to stack like the Braves and the Blue Jays together. Like no, no one. You have to play Garrett Richards, right? You have to play someone like that. So I'm gonna, I'm, I would look to more lineups that have that type of construction. But it's not because I like Garrett Richards at all. Oh, as a Red Sox fan, I agree with you 100%. Garrett Richards stinks. Um, but I mean, any pitcher against Tampa has upside because this team strikes out so much. Um, and this game's in Tampa, so. Maybe a couple of his balls that are like fly balls turn into like warning track power. Um, I want to see the umpire in this game too, because Garrett Richards has been struggling with command and walks. So I think if he gets like a good umpire, that helps. Uh, but I get your point. Like if you're going to pay down, why not take a guy that's facing a, an offense that strikes out a lot? And um, Rich Hill on the other side, any interest here in Rich Hill? I, 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 um, I pretty much never play Rich Hill. And maybe two or three times a year, 
now, well, so far two or three times since the beginning of the season, uh, he kills me, but they don't pitch him long enough. I mean, like he's, he's liable to come out early, no matter what. And it's not, I mean, but last year it was the blisters and anything. Uh, I mean, I think he's a good pitcher. I mean, I like him as a pitcher at 8,700. It's just like if he was 6,200. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind, but he's, he's had some good games where he's, he's gotten seven innings, but still seven innings on like 92 pitches. So like he has to be extra efficient to hit his ceiling and he tends to be overowned. So like, like to me, Rich, people may do that. People may look and go Red Sox at, 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 at the trop, Rich Hill. They'll look at the game logs. They'll look at the other pitchers on the slate and they go, why not play Rich Hill as, you know, SP two or something. And you could still afford other bats. Uh, me, I mean, even on FanDuel with one pitcher sites, like, like I, I'll just fade Rich Hill as I always do. Like, especially on FanDuel where it, it, you need six innings for the quality start. Just like if he burns me today, then so be it. And then, and yeah, and like two or three times this season already, he's put up like 50 plus points on FanDuel. But I just, let's just, I just chalk it up as, okay, well, I, I don't have any. And then you could still have another pitcher that, that, that does well also. So it's not like you need him. So like, I, I'm just more willing, any guys like the Trevor Rogers, like these guys that they, they these banners don't let him pitch into the triple digits. Like just, I ain't going to pay those prices for him. I mean, I got, I got my one rich show call out of the way this year, Kansas city earlier this year. Um, Will called me crazy. He pitched a gem. I tried to follow it up. I think against Texas a couple times later than that. And like he pitched good against Texas, but like you said, he threw 59 pitches in a game that he was pitching really well. So I mean, the Red Sox lineup, they don't strike out against lefties. The middle of this order is tough against lefties. This is a bad spot for Rich Hill anyway. So, I mean, this is an easy pass for me on Rich Hill, especially at this price. Do you have any interest here in the Red Sox bats? Uh, I mean, they're a little overpriced for being being at Tampa Bay. You could always make the case for, you know, a J.D. Martinez or a Bogarts or a Renfro as like one-offs, but outside of that, not really. Yeah. I mean, any anytime you get Martinez against the lefty or Renfro or Kiki Hernandez at these prices, I could definitely see using like a secondary stack, especially like Vasquez at 3,400. He's probably my favorite catcher play on the slate. Um, I don't mind looking at some of these cheaper bets, but yeah, I mean, I don't like the lineup that they ran out there on tuesday like they had verdugo and santana batting at the top i want the better lineup spots for some of these righties so we'll see what the lineup looks like um any interest in the tampa bats uh, uh let me give it people advice for people that play cash games on DraftKings. okay let me just give you a little bit of advice for contest selection purposes not lineup selection uh once once this game locks at 7 10 eastern time if you find any of your opponents that don't have Wander Franco at 2K in their shortstop spot, write them down a little post-it note and find their contests uh, as often as possible. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, he's not like, okay. I don't think it has anything to do. Like he is top prospect in baseball. And like, obviously there's been a lot of hype around him and everything. And he hit a home run in his first game. But how many, how many, like, does it matter who it is at 2K when you got no, a No, of course stop? it matters yeah. who it is at 2K. 
Wander Franco at uh, by by the end of the season is going to be like a five thousand dollars shortstop. I mean, yeah. like like that's it, it's a mispriced play. I mean, it's just a mispriced player because he's a he's a prospect and the people at DK just don't pay attention. Like if Wander Franco was thirty two hundred, he'd still be the chalkiest shortstop on this slate. If he was yeah. four thousand, he still would be the chalkiest shortstop on the slate. And then, but at least then I'd be like. Okay, he's not like a necessity, but I mean, he'd still be the top one. And then once he gets up to 4,500, you'd be like, okay, he's okay. I mean, like, yep. but at 2K on, on a slate I, where you, you know, you're know looking for value in cash games? like I'm I get just- it on like, I get it the first day he gets called up because that stuff happens. But like, that was announced the day before too. And like, all right, well, day two, like at least make him like 4K. I don't know. I hate they just didn't pay attention. I mean, he was high, yeah. he was the highest on player in cash games on DraftKings. He know? was really popular in tournaments too. Right, right. Well, of course, he was twenty two percent owned on on a fourteen game slate. Yep. After a game with a home run and a double, and if he's batting in the top half of the order, I mean, like for GPPs, I could absolutely and GPPs on DraftKings on a seven game slate, it's quite possible. I'm going to be playing on FanDuel. But on DraftKings, I would literally X him out as a one-off. Just literally X, just... Because if he scores, what, nine points? That doesn't kill me anyways, right? So, like, but in cash games, it's just like he... If, if he's 97% owned in cash games, find the 3% of people and go, where are their head-to-heads? All right. Um, outside of him, anything else here for Tampa? Well, I mean, I think the stack may be a little bit popular because... Once you plug in him in the shortstop spot, it makes the stack so much cheaper. Uh, you could play uh, Meadows, you know, like a brand, like the stack would be kind of, and you could throw in a Kiermaier at 2K also. And you could kind of make the stack of like low Choi, Meadows, Franco, Kiermaier. And you still have plenty of money for like $19,000 at starting pitching and, and a good secondary. That's why I said before with the Garrett Richards thing is that I don't know if how long Garrett, I don't know how much ownership Richards is going to get, but I think the Rays stack as a whole, because of that really chalky Wanda Franco, is going to be just a little over-owned for as a stack. Does does hey, doesn't mean one or two of them can't get there, but will the five men get there? I'm not sure. Sorry, I was dying. Um coughing. Um, all right, let's move on. Oakland at Texas, Kaplan against Fulton Nevich. Uh, this game currently sitting at a nine total. Oakland's a one fifty five favorite. Um, any interest here in Kaplan? He's 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 on he's on my list of I just don't play, and if he burns me, he burns me. His underlying metrics aren't good. He's a, I don't know he's Houdini or something. I don't think he's a good pitcher. Uh, and the more people play him, the more I want to stack against him. And if he gets there at 8,400, then so be it. I do it the next, I did it with Plutko for an entire year and I eventually got him. So at some point, now, whenever I see Caprellian on a slate, especially they're playing in Texas and not in Oakland, like I'll just, I'll just pl- press that X button and start stacking the Rangers. Uh, I know you like him. I know you like him. Steve. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, the, he has such a he like he has such an above average slider. He just doesn't have like his underlining numbers are bad because he doesn't have an out pitch against lefties. And like if you look at his numbers against righties, they're they're 
outside of like the massive fly ball rate um like i don't know I don't know if I'd you're, say you're, you're making the case for me outside of his fact that he can't strike anyone out and he has a massive fly ball, right? I love him. No, no. I said lefties. I said he can't get lefties. Yeah, he has but, 30... yeah and there's going to be like five of them in the Rangers lineup given to me all five of them. Yeah. I mean, I think it all depends on what lineup the, the Rangers roll out. If they do roll out that left-handed heavy lineup, which they know and love, um, then sure, you know, maybe you're stacking against him, but if they, roll out five or six righties. I have a ton of interest, especially with like the strikeout rates of some of these lefties with Gallo and stuff. So I think it all depends on um, just what lineup we get here for Texas. I think Kaplan also depends on ownership because he's a favorite. They're playing Texas. People love playing pitchers against Texas. I think it's a good spot, but um, I think there's a lot to kind of factor in when looking at him in this spot. Um, Any interest in Fulton Nevich on the other side? He's a he's a better pitcher than people think he is, but he's still a pretty bad pitcher. Uh the, the I think the A's are gonna be chalky after the Astros on DraftKings. Because they're 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 cheap enough. If Kemp leads off, that'll make them even easier to stack. Uh I mean they'll I think they'll have like the second highest implied total anyway. They did well today, or they're doing well tonight or whatever. Uh so that just just increases my interest. If I like I said before on DraftKings, if I was playing on DraftKings, which I may, I'm convincing myself that I should make I should make fifty lineups on DraftKings the way I'm talking. Uh, <laughs> the up I'm I, I would be looking for the up and down build, which is to play high price pitcher, low price pitcher, expensive stack that isn't the Astros or the A's, and in order to go up and down, like you need some cheap pitcher. And I mentioned Garrett Richards before. Well, why not Fulton Everage, especially if the A's are going to be popular? Because if you're not playing the A's stack, the direct negative correlation to that, because if the A's go off at 10 runs, you lost, right? It doesn't matter what you're, what, who you stack. It didn't matter at that point. So as the A's do badly, Fulton Everage probably does well enough. Can he give you 14 points? Fine. Maybe maybe I can get it there. So to me, that's that's the only – he's a better pitcher. He's not as bad. He's in the at that level of like Jorge Lopez. Right, the, the, this last slate with against the you know the Astros, like people like stack against him, and it's like he's not a good pitcher, but he's not as bad as people think. He's not Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey actually is bad, uh, and Fulton Everage is probably a better pitcher than Garrett Richards, right? Truthfully, uh, but he does he he ha- he has the tendency of just getting into trouble. Like if he doesn't get into trouble, he's fine. But he just somehow every other inning just finds a way to just create jams for himself. Uh, but if he doesn't at 5,500, I mean, at what? 5% ownership or less or something? I, I don't mind taking the shot. I mean, the one thing that he has going for him here is, like, they're going to have le- righties in this lineup. You know, they can't go full left-handed lineup. Connor's going to be in there. Chapman's going to be in there. Loriano might be in there. Uh, Andrus might be in there. So, I mean, he's really bad against lefties. And, I mean sure that's the argument i have but i mean i like the oakland lefties here i do um i know they're going to be popular olsen um obviously but like they're so cheap jed lowry's cheap mitch moreland's cheap tony kemp is cheap i think oakland some of these cheap bats is just a way like maybe i don't play franco and i play some of these oakland bats to make my cheap line my cheap hitters a little bit less obvious i guess 
Seth Brown. Like, hopefully he cracks the lineup. Right. Well, the problem the problem with stacking if Moreland's in is that on DraftKings, they're both first base eligible with Olsen. Good. So then you don't play Olsen. Yeah. Right. So don't play. Right. There you go. So don't play Olsen, who most likely is like the number one target that you'd play against Fulton Evans. Right. I mean, yeah, he's the best. Ki- the, don't play the best hitter against this bad pitcher. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, listen, Olsen's the best spot. Like, he's in the best spot here. Um, you know, all joking aside. He's the guy that you're probably looking at if you're playing Oakland. But yeah, to to get different, you can if Moreland's in there, you could definitely go Moreland. Um, any interest in Texas? Well, like I said, leverage stacked, right? Caprellian, even if it's not a leverage stack, screw it. I'm gonna I stack against Caprellian every every <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna donate some lineups every 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 time to this guy. I don't Brock Holt. I don't care that he barely has any power. Whatever, thirty two hundred is a lefty. Give it to me. Gallo, forty two hundred. Give it to me. Nate Lowe has been absolutely trash this season, like absolutely and unequivocally <laughs> trash. I don't care. Forty four hundred overpriced. Give it to me. Willie Calhoun. Don't care. Jonah Heim. He's a switch hitter. That means he'll be on the left side. Give it to me at twenty four hundred. My catcher spot. Right. Maybe I don't play Kiner Falefa. Uh, I mean, uh, Ibanez is cheap at 2,300, throw him in, right? Most likely, most likely the Rangers only score one run, but whatever. Like I'll, 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 I'll I'm just, every time Caprellian's on the slate, I will be playing him until he gets injured. All right. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> all right. Moving on. We finish it out here. Last game on the slate. We got the Dodgers and the Padres seven total pick them game. Um, any interest here in Trevor Bauer? But why, why? Of course, you have interest in Trevor Bauer. He's the best raw. He's the best raw talent pitcher on the slate, regardless of the of the the sticky stuff stuff or whatever's going on. I mean, he's still the best pitcher on the slate. And on the other side, Musgrove. I mean, the two best pitchers, maybe outside of maybe Ray, the two best pitchers in actual talent are in this game. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people just play both of them. The two best pitchers against two of the best lineups. Because I'm pretty sure the Dodgers get Bellinger back today. Um, and I know Seager's close, but I don't think he'll be back for this game. Um, yeah, so he's going to rehab Monday. So, I mean, they're getting Bellinger back. You know, they got Muncie back. Whew, I don't know. Like, I, I like Bauer, without a doubt. Um I'm not worried about the sticky stuff for him either. Like he has been very vocal about it, but I mean, he just came out and threw 115 pitches last time. And that's what you want out of a guy. That's going to be 10, five, give me 115 pitches without sticky stuff over a guy that might throw 80 pitches without it. You know, uh, give me Bauer here. So um, as far as Musgrove goes, I like Bauer a lot more than I like Musgrove. I don't think I play Musgrove here. I think I, I much prefer playing Robbie Ray than Joe Musgrove, but that decision is going to be dictated to me by the field. Like, are people going to get scared off of Musgrove because they're facing, he's facing a, a now much more healthy Dodgers lineup? Well, I mean, that if he's on a seven-game slate, if he ends up being 12% owned, like, that's just too un, it's too low. If people are like, oh, I don't care, we're going to treat the Dodgers like they have been the past two weeks and he ends up being 28, 30% owned, then I agree with you. Now I start wanna, Now I start looking at the Dodgers' bats. So really, to me, the Musgrove situation is how, what the ownership difference between Musgrove, Gray, 
uh, like the guys in that range, even Erquity at 8,100, like, like what are the differences between these ownerships? Uh, Cause I'm not playing Caprellian in that range. So you know that already. Uh, and then what if he's 5% owned Musgrove? No, Caprillin. I'm still, a, I don't, I don't play him. I, <laughs> I don't even play him. If you're the only one that owns him in the entire contest. Hey, listen, I would be super happy with that. <laughs> Let that happen. <laughs> All right. Um, bats in this game. Anything here for the Dodgers? Well, yeah, Bellinger at 4,300. Give it to me. I, I kind of like the Dodgers stack. They're and they're super. Wow. Nobody's going to play them, though. Nobody's going to play them. Like, when you have the Yankees and the Astros and, like, even Oakland, nobody is playing the Dodgers today. How do you? I mean, and see, the Dodgers fit perfectly with Wander Franco because there's no – you don't play Gavin Lux and Betts, Muncie, Turner, Bellinger, Smith fills second base, third base. You still get to play a first baseman from some other team. You may be right. You could fit in like you fit in like Wander Franco and you play like Kevin Kiermeyer. Like, so you have like a two man from the, and they're both two K you could play the Dodgers as a five man and still have like, like you play Bauer for correlation and you play like, you can't play Garrett Richards that's the lineup you play Fulton in, right? Because they, you're going against Oakland five mans with that type of construction. No, that make that you actually make, I think you make a good point. I mean, and I can't see that five man combination for the Dodgers, like being anything more than like 3% owned. They're not going to be popular at all, especially in like the contests I play. I play a lot of like single entry and three entry max. Nobody's playing the Dodgers in those contests today. Maybe I need to play the no. Your problem is, is you're going to play the Dodgers with Corellian and you're going to get killed. <laughs> I don't know the if you Dodgers can. And the Rangers together. There you go. That's what you do. No, I might like. I might end up on like the Dodgers and like your Kaidi or Kyle Wright, because um, I think that's the kind of prices you're going to need for your SP two. Um, any interest in the Padres bats here? It just uh, I don't care what his price is, but Fernando Tatis is always in, like just. He's, he's like the one guy like in the entire league that like if, if he's ever single digit owned, like he's always in play. It doesn't matter. I said, I said on uh, crunch time uh, tonight that uh, if he's facing Bob Gibson, Sandy Koufax and Pedro Martinez combined, and he's like 8k at shortstop on DraftKings, and he's 2% owned. He's under owned still. He's still under owned <laughs> for, for that situation. I'm not saying that he's probably not going to be that popular, especially on DraftKings where Wanda Franco is 2K. So if you get my drift of everyone's playing Franco, you overpay for Tatis against the probably who Bauer's going to be chalky. Like that's like the that's like double leverage city type of thing. Now, is it something that you need to do? No, but I'm just explaining the concept of like. People are going to be playing Bauer and Franco lineups together. They're going to be highly correlated, Bauer and Franco. The complete opposite is Tatis and Garrett Richards, right? The Red Sox pitcher and the guy and the batter against the Dodgers. I'm getting excited for this. I need to play on DraftKings tomorrow. I, I, I originally wasn't because the bat flip is like 18 bucks. And I'm like, uh, how many lineups can I put into that for that price versus FanDuel? But now, now, now I feel like if I don't make lineups and, and Caprellian gets blown up and then like Tatis hits three home runs or something like that, like uh, 
you're never gonna forgive yourself. No, I would forgive myself, but I mean, it would be hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Um, under eight K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got today? Under eight K. Oh, you you, you saved you completely saved himself because he's not under eight K. Uh, well, if you want oh, to give oh, him no, to no, me, no, I'll gladly be, take him. My next draw. Right, I always forget these questions. Uh screw it. I'll go. I'll go with. I'll go with Garrett Richards. I'll take Kyle Wright. Uh, over 8K to score under 15. Uh, we all know it's going to be Kaplan. Yes, that's right. Um, I'm going to go Joe Musgrove. I think the Dodgers are going to put it on him today. Um, over 4K to hit a home run. Who do you got? Over 4K to hit a home run. Uh, I mean, the easy answer, I think, is Matt Olson. Uh, no, nah, I'll, 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 go, I'll, go I'll go with the chalk. Uh, Jordan Alvarez. All right, I like it. Um, I'm gonna go Max Muncy. You're gonna see a theme. Um, under 4K to get two hits, and you can't pick Franco. Oh, 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 oh! I call. I'm the host. I can do whatever I want. Right. <laughs> under under 4K. Yep. Under 4K. He's like, I get to go first. I'm just gonna take Wander Franco. Not I mean, today. <laughs> under 4K to hit what two hits or whatever. Under yep, 4K. two hits. There's not many people under under 4K. Uh, mm, eh. uh, oh, yeah, give me George Springer. All right, I like that one. That's a that's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna take Christian Vasquez, catcher. Um, stack to score six more runs. I'm doubling down the Rangers. I'm gonna double down <laughs> and say the Dodgers. So here we go. <laughs> Um, any bets standing out to you night before, or uh, do you have uh, one for at, us today? Uh, at, at, uh, uh, whatever the, whatever the strikeout prop for Caprelli and bet the under, I don't care what the price is minus 7,000. I don't care what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to, I'm going to go Dodgers minus, I think it's like one Oh six right now. Some books you can even get them as like plus 100. So, uh, even odds on the Dodgers seems, it seems juicy here. So, Again, I like the Dodgers a lot more than I probably should, but I mean, it kind of makes a lot of sense. And I, I think the guy that you could potentially pair with Franco in a Dodger sack is like G-Man Choi against Richards. But he's 4,200, Kiermaier's 2,000. Oh, you get two 2K guys. I right, see what you you're trying. All right, I see what you're trying to do. All right. On that note, we're going to get out of here so you guys can play your 2K guys. We'll be back. Tomorrow, talking some more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.